Welcome to the Harrisburg Brethren in Christ Church podcast. My name is Ryan Cagno. The HPIC podcast brings you weekly episodes on the topic of discipleship, where we'll sit down with members of the HPIC family to hear their stories, hear about the different ways people at HPIC are pursuing discipleship. In other words, how they're learning to follow Jesus' example and obey his teachings in their daily lives in practical ways. This week I sat down with Lois Saylor to talk about the daily time she spends engaging with Scripture, reading it, praying it, writing really imaginative poetry inspired by it. Uh, It's a fascinating conversation, a fascinating window into a really creative, fun, vibrant way of interacting with the Bible, and I hope it inspires you like it inspired me. Enjoy. Lois Saylor, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. It's great to be with you. I look forward to having a an organic, off-the-cuff conversation. Definitely nothing coming off a notepad sitting right in front of you as we talk. <laughs> well, you might not get that, Ryan. <laughs> I can potentially edit that observation <laughs> out. Um, I appreciate you and your... Uh, preparedness for talking about this. Um, I wanted to talk with you today a little bit about your personal spiritual discipline practices. Um, You had mentioned to me offhand at different times in our conversations um, your Bible reading practices, your devotional practices, Mm -hmm. kind of study the place of study in your life. So maybe that would be the place to start um, in terms of narrowing down a spiritual discipline that uh, is important for you. Uh, what does that look like for you on a daily basis to study scripture? Yes. <laughs> um, what I personally like to do is to read scripture. I may have a devotional guide with me. I often use William Barclay's daily study guide. Um, but I will go to other commentaries also. And then there are other times when I don't want that extra layer or, in a way, interference. I want to just read for myself with the Holy Spirit and see what I come up with. Um, So it can be reading the scripture, can be reading a devotional um, or not. But then I I journal. Um, But this is not like a personal journal, like I'm not spilling out my feelings so much as I'm, it's more of a theological journal. I'm concentrating on the scripture, what I just read, what I, what I'm thinking about it. And it doesn't, it, it, it goes usually someplace where I'm not expecting. And I like that. And I do feel it's a collaboration with the spirit. Doesn't mean everything I've written should be now written in stone somewhere, but it certainly. So you all want us to find me. and publish your prayer journals one day when you. <laughs> um, my daughter has mentioned that, but I said, "Well, yeah. if you think the world can't live without them? Fine, you know." Um, but it it is it's part it's part of just discovering, mm-hmm. you know. It's and it's and it's part of um, imbibing and saturating yourself with scripture. And I can go back to journals from several years ago or however long ago, and, you know, I'll read something and I'll be like, oh, I didn't know I knew that. 
You know what I mean? So it's like, I knew that five years ago. Why didn't I know that yesterday or today? Um, so it's not that everything soaks in and stays as a thought or a concept, but I do think it's feeding my mind. It's feeding my soul. Um, I think it's helping me to be the person I'm supposed to be that day. Andy certainly thinks. <laughs> can he tell the difference when he's, you don't? I don't know that he can tell the difference from a day to day, but um, he's, he, he talks about it being um, so preparatory. Yeah, he's, he's, I, I can feel that it's a luxury because I know other people don't have the time to do that because I, I was a stay-at-home mom for 32 years and then I just stayed a volunteer <laughs> after that. Um, so I have the hour, hour and a half, two hours a day to, to do that. Two hours is probably longer than it usually takes. Um, yeah, and then I can, I can study. I can say I'll study a book of the Bible, and that can take months. Because um, some days I just do one verse. You know, another time it's a parable, so you do all of it, that kind of thing. Or I can do... Um, um, a certain portion of scripture, like study Holy Week or study the Nativity or um, study the creation story. You know, sometimes I do it that way instead of going through a book. Um, and usually for Lent, I try and have a Lent devotional that I go through. Um, this year I'm doing something really weird for Lent. Would you like to hear about that? Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of tired of Lenten studies, and they seem sometimes to take so long, even though my other devotionals can take much longer than a Lent season, but um, I just felt fatigued by it. Um, and I happened to read something else that took me back to a poet I used to love in high school. Well, I still love. And so I decided, well, I'm... I looked on my shelf and it was still there, this book I had in high school and that just thrilled me to death that this poetry book you know, has survived like 50 years on my shelf. I'm, that was just fun. And um, he, he doesn't consider himself a beat poet, but he was very involved in the beat poets. Um, his name is Lawrence Fernland Getty. And he has um, a book of poetry called A Coney Island of the Mind. And I thought, I'm just gonna read one of his poems a day and just see where that prompts me to go, you know, it's just a totally different space instead of jumping off a of scripture or off a devotional. Um, and it's interesting because he does use um, a lot of Christian imagery. He's not a Christian poet by any sense of the word, but um, but he he'll use it, and and often in a very um, despairing way um, that you know the Eucharist or something is not living up to what it's supposed to do or something like that. So, so that's been really interesting to write bouncing off a, off a hymn instead mm. of a, you know, <laughs> proclaimed Lenten study sure. or even a proclaimed li biblical study. So it sounds like for you, your study time, it's a time of discovery. Yes. You know, it's like a search. You're learning new things. That's a big part of it for you. It also sounds like it's, <laughs> Uh, fun. It is. <laughs> and interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Um, I, I mean, I look forward to it every, every day. Um, and then what I also do is I, I, I take a Sabbath from it also. 
So on Sundays, I don't do it. Um, and of course, you're at church, and so you always have that. Now, since the pandemic, um, and we weren't attending church, and I couldn't do online church anymore, that just was not helping me at all. I understand. <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad it can help others, but I'm not one of them. So then I decided to do a Sunday study. So I would still do basically the same thing, but on a totally different book and totally different subject so that it was a break hmm. and it was something special for the Lord's Day, for this, what I consider the Lord's Day, my Sabbath as a Christian. So, so you'd read like an X-Men comic or something? Instead. No. Okay. <laughs> my big one, my big one was going through Leviticus. <laughs> oh, that's the, uh, that's the change of pace. Yeah. That's my six days a week place that I'm staying yeah. in. That's my regular rhythm. It's Leviticus in the mornings. Yeah. And I did not go real, real deep into it. I, I, I kind of went just by chapter by chapter. Um, and I did have a study guide with that too. So I was understanding some of the historical things. Um, but I would just pick kind of one gem out of, out of, out of a chapter and, and reflect on that in my writing. Which would be a difficult thing because there are so many gems <laughs> in the book of Leviticus. This dear listener is a, a, I wouldn't call it a bone of contention, an inside joke between me and Lois um, <laughs> as to the, the devotional or otherwise uh, value of the book of Leviticus. But mm -hmm. at any rate, I, I admire and appreciate that it's studies a fun thing. It's cool to see, hear you say you look forward to it as kind of a pillar of your morning and of your day. Um, I think it can be easy for me. I, I think there's seasons in my life where it's been fun as well. Mm -hmm. um, as I've gotten busier and devoted less time to it, it can very quickly become a box I check off. Mm -hmm. like I want to make sure I'm reading something in the morning before I am off doing my day. Um, I've tried to get a little better about that. I'm waking up at 6 each morning and... So that's about an hour and a half before my daughter wakes up for school. And I half, well, the first 10 or 15 minutes are me just like getting coffee on and being miserable. But then I try to spend another half hour to 45 minutes um, reading scripture. Um, so right now it's a couple chapters in Isaiah, chapter of a gospel. Um, but yeah, an hour and a half to two hours sounds, sounds, it's a, I'm sure that sounds like a lot for some people. Yeah. Um, so for you, the, the process of continually finding new things in Scripture is something that kind of keeps you coming back to it, you'd say? Yes. Um, I, I, there's just always something new to find um, and new connections to make. I, I'm, I'm noticing more now that, you know, I read one Scripture and it's like, oh, yeah, that reminds me of this thing in Genesis or, you know, this, or Leviticus <laughs> or, um, you know, just somewhere else. Um, and not just because it's the gospels and they repeat each other, repeat themselves, but other concepts and stuff. And, um, so that's fun. The other thing I'm doing right now, which is, is it's a prayer, but it's written prayer is, um, actually last Lent I decided I would read Lenten-type scriptures, um, but I would, I would pray for Ukraine. And so I would read the scripture, and then I'd 
write probably a two-page prayer for Ukraine out of that scripture. Um, and, and so when that was over and the war was still going on, I thought, well, I'll, I, I'll do a different study, but I'll still write out a prayer for, for Ukraine. And then I wrote like a one-page prayer. And sometimes that would bounce off the scripture I had just read, and other times I would quickly look at the news and just see what was going on, and maybe there was something particular to pl- pray for. And I follow a, a pastor in Ukraine on on um, Facebook, and I would read, you know, what he was going through, what his church was doing, and pray for those things. And and then after a while, the one page felt a little bit long with the other things I was doing, so I'm now down to a half a page prayer <laughs> for Ukraine. Um, but for some reason, you know, the Lord's really put that on my heart. Um, and they're good Anabaptist prayers. <laughs> you know, I, um, I, I, can, I can pray um, old scriptures like bring down unrighteous rulers and raise up the righteous ones, you know. Um, but I, you know, I don't, I don't pray for necessarily military victory. You know, right. I pray for God doing his will through all this. And if he wants to do something to take out bad leaders and raise up good ones, then that's up to him. You know, it's not, it's not my decision or it's not my way. So I, so yeah, so I'm praying for a country that's at war, but I'm not necessarily praying military type. No Russian, Russian babies being dashed against the. No, I, I can't go there. (laughs) It's a little graphic to even maybe say on the podcast, but it's also a graphic thing to have in scripture. I know, and it's a gorgeous psalm until you get to that verse. Mm-hmm. It's like so wonderful, and then and oh, may your babies ah no. Um, so yeah, I leave that part up to God and just pray for His will there. But um, yeah, so that's that's one thing I'm doing prayer wise right now. Um, I don't know how long that'll last. You just try things out. You you just experiment and explore different things, different means of prayer, different ways of studying. Mm-hmm. Um, but it always involves writing. Yeah, it that's 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 my go-to. That's where I learn. Um, when I was in high school, I had a journal that said, um, "How do I know what I think until I see what I say?" Hmm. And um, I found that in recent years, and I'm like, yeah, I actually, that's, that's actually me. It's, um, and so there's no, you know, there's no three-point outline before I start writing. It's just, you know, you just start, and then I don't know where I'll end up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's how writing tends to go, right? The hardest part is just... I mean, there's a there's a discovery in writing, and you just have to get pen to paper or mm-hmm. start putting something down on that blank page, and and you find yourself somewhere you didn't expect by the end of it, or you just find yourself and you find knowledge of what you actually think and know. So, so yeah, so jur- so I'm trying to get my head around the <laughs> every. This is a lot uh, happening in these two hours you're spending in the mornings, um, reading, um, inquisitive engagement with scripture, and then writing is a big portion of it for you. Could you? I think that having a prayer journal, and sometimes you know, in the course of my life, it would just be prayers. Sometimes it would the prayer would be, 
God, I can't do it today. <laughs> Period. And then I'd look back two days later at that was the prayer. I was like, man, well, um, other seasons, it's pages and pages of thoughts. There, there were seasons for me where I, um, it would start as a prayer and it would turn into like a, a, a poetry or a spoken word type thing. Does that happen? For, I know you write poetry and right. things. Yes. Right now, um, when I was done Leviticus as my Sabbath devotions, um, I started reading small portions of scripture and then trying to write a poem out of that. Um, you know, and some are successful and some aren't. And, and same with the daily journal entries. You know, some might have some insight that was, wow, that was really cool. And others might be, well, yeah, okay, this is pretty orthodox. <laughs> you know, most people would think this is. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's one thing I've, I've, been doing lately too, going to scripture and trying to write poems out of what I see. And it has, it has, that too has been interesting. Um, again, when I start a poem, I never know where it's going to end up. It's not, and if I start with any kind of conceptual idea, it usually falls flat. I usually need more of an imagery or um, a feeling or, you know, just, oh, I saw something out the window and, and then it goes from there and um, so at the end, sometimes it's like, oh, okay, that ended up there. And that's an interesting twist on what this scripture is. Now, you know, it's not, yeah, it's hard to describe if it's, there's some theology coming through, but there's also some other thoughts coming through. Um, like when I just compared, um, I was just wondering how how Ga- Gabriel got to Mary. Like, <laughs> how did he get to Earth? How, what, how did he travel, you know? And so it went on through different things and thinking about Gabriel and and what he, his discussion with Mary was. And, you know, it just kind of ended with the idea of um, he Gabriel comes and he travels in his own celestial spaceship um, like a wheel within a wheel, spinning in the will of God. You know what I mean? So all of a sudden there was Elijah or it was Ezekiel. Who had the wheel in the wheel? You know, Ezekiel. Ezekiel. You know, so that was nowhere in my thoughts until the very end. Do you know what I mean? But I, but I enjoy that. That oh, that's interesting. Think about Gabriel and Ezekiel and the was the wheel within a wheel spaceship? Spaceship. I mean, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the uh, what is Lewis the sanctified imagination kind yeah. of thing, right? Yeah. To engage scripture in those ways. Yeah. That's very. Yeah. I would have never thought to ask that question. <laughs> I mean, you read about yeah. Michael at the end of Daniel, um, and he said, "I was like trying to get here, but the the prince of Persia like waylaid me." I'm like, "What in the world does that mean?" You know, we assume angels are just uh, yeah. teleporting, I guess. But there was a. There was a, a jam on the heavenly highway on the way here, and I, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then, and in poetry, too, you can play with more images. So when I'm asking in the beginning of the poem, how did Gabriel get here? You know, one of the images is, did he click his ruby reds? Mm. You know, so, you know, you're bringing in odd things yeah. to make to make images and to have fun and to have people well, think. Like the little word plays of the wheel within the wheel and the will of God, like... <laughs> Yeah, I love that. So, I love that. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah, 
No, I think it's great. I, I think highlighting that reading scripture ought to be fun and ought to be a, an experience of discovery. And, and you're allowed to write speculative fiction, uh, mm-hmm. poetry mm-hmm. about Gabriel's spaceship. <laughs> come to, you know? um, yeah. You know, that yeah. is an interesting thing. I, for me, I, I don't know if I would have articulated the reason for writing prayers down the way you did with that notebook when you were, you mm-hmm. said you were a teenager you had a notebook? Well, that was just, that was a personal journal. That was, oh, that, that was, was a personal a journal. Yeah, okay. That was just. So for me, I started journaling prayers probably when I was 15 or 16. I think my girlfriend at the time was doing it and I <laughs> like started to do it. Uh, it was actually, she was, I mean, that was a pretty formative, um, time for me in general, but, uh, it helped me because if you just asked me to sit in silence and pray in my head, um, Mm -hmm. that is a, for me, that is a, a futile exercise often. I don't know if I have ADHD or what, or if normal people can just sit in silence and think Mm -hmm. straight, but for me, my mind would go off in a thousand directions. Mm -hmm. And so for me, uh, uh, writing things down, at least initially it was a means of focus. Um, it was a means of probably what you were saying, articulating for myself what I thought in my own mind. Mm-hmm. Because if I, if you don't write it, it's just a jumble. I think to some degree that's true for everybody. I mean, mm-hmm. I think for the same reason speaking prayers out loud is helpful, even with, in, on your own, <laughs> saying it serves a similar purpose. But writing it in a journal is uh, can be transformative in its own way. In part because you can look back, mm-hmm. you can you can. I don't want to say track progress. <laughs> that sounds too. Um, I don't know. Uh, too efficient and militaristic, but um, it's it's challenging and edifying to look back on journals from three, four years ago, ten years ago, mm-hmm. and like you said, oh, I didn't know I knew that. <laughs> you know, I learned a whole. I learned a thing ten, fifteen years ago that I didn't. I don't remember now. What does mm-hmm. that say? Or um, for me, it's often looking back at those teenage journals and thinking, man, I was like, there was a, a whole lot of passion there. Good. Um, yeah. I mean, I can also think back to what I was doing when I was 16, 17, 18 years old and thinking man, it's, you know, it's a lot like a guy like David, like, Man, you're in your prayer journal. You are, you're painting some beautiful pictures, and you are really passionate and sincere. Mm-hmm. And then I remember what, I remember what followed those yeah. D- yeah. those devotional sessions. Yeah. But. but but David's a good example of someone who worshipped through the written word. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think everybody has to write. You know, I think there are other ways you can do things. Um, one one time I was I have a I have a notebook of. Um, I'm going to say this right, Mandela's, that's not Mandela, not Nelson Mandela, but the, I don't know if they're Hindu or what, but they're the pretty patterns. And um, and I, I would color them because I wanted to do something different. I wanted to stimulate myself in a different way. And so, you know, that was a big thing a while ago to get your crayons out and color your special markers and color these these patterns and stuff. Um, but I would let my mind think and wonder on on things while I did that, and and then I would after that 
see what I've done and write about it. And, and, and there just were interesting things coming up. Well, I chose the blue because it looked nice next to this, but then that reminded me of whatever, you know, the ocean and Jesus walking on water or something. It was not quite that pandemic. Pandem okay. Pedantic. There you go. <laughs> that word. Pedantic. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, again, it's, it's just interesting how stimulating your mind in different ways can still be a very um, spiritual act and discipline. And that, uh, yeah, it's great to point that out and to open the door up to this isn't just for writing. All of us can have our minds stimulated by study and prayer and engagement with God. And I think we should. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to say that um, our devotional lives or however we want to call it, our engagement with God in prayer and study and whatever it is, uh, shouldn't be something that lulls us slowly to sleep. <laughs> Um, right. Or, right. or is not in any way life-giving. Right. Um, um, another thing I had done when we were living in E-Town and we had a creek in our backyard, I would love to go out and just do devotions in the summer by the creek. I mean, that was wonderful, and ducks would come by, and every now and then this little skinny snake would come by, and I did not like him at all. But um, I do have a journal that I just named gifts from the creek, and again, just sitting there and contemplating and watching things, and what is God telling us through nature? So there are a lot of people who, you know, have a connection with God through nature, and maybe they're not going to write it down in a journal. But, um, but I remember specifically there was this one time, and there was just this. I think I was doing my normal devotions, and this this bright, bright red cardinal, just came by and and sat on a branch, and I just. You know, I was like torn, well, do I enjoy this beautiful carnival? Do I keep doing my devotions or something? You know, and I just felt the thought that if I did not stop and enjoy this cardinal and look at this cardinal, that I would be actually taking praise away from God to not do this. Do you know what I mean? And well, that's it. I never thought about that. Could I, can I take praise away from God by not doing something? You know, so there's lots of different ways to be, you know, stimulated into spiritual thought and life. Yeah, I think that would resonate with a lot of folks, too. I mean, for me, being outside is huge, which is what makes the last six months so miserable. But, <laughs> um, you know, I, lo I, I look forward to the time where my 6 a.m. session, it won't be 26 degrees outside. And I, can go. I tried on... Wednesday to be outside for a little bit. And we're doing this in mid-March and um, a little bit of a time capsule er early to mid-March of 2023 <laughs> was the winter strikes back. But um, being outside can be huge. I know for many people, um, all this conversation about reading and writing and, and poetry and, and painting and coloring would be uh, just like a foreign language to them. But to be to be hiking or to be by the water or to even on their morning run. If you're one of those, mm. you know, psychopathic people <laughs> that gets up and, <laughs> and runs as the sun is rising in the morning. Um, I've heard, you know, folks tell me that, that that to them is the moment in, in the day where they're communing with God, mm -hmm. you know, bearing witness to the sunrise. 
bearing witness to a cardinal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The other thing um, I do, and I haven't done it as much lately, and maybe I should get back to it, but um, I like to, now I really do have to look down for this. She's looking one. at the paper, people. Oh, um, it's uh, a. I, when I do my writing, comp- I do them in these old notebook. composition books, so yeah. it feels really old fashioned. But um, I like to pray scripture. I have kind of it, I kind of based it off the old Acts thing, which is adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And I modified that a little bit, um, but to to ask those type of questions when you read a piece of scripture. So like. What does the scripture tell us about God that we can praise him? And then what does the scripture tell us God has done that we can thank him for? So I'm differentiating between who he is and what he has done. And then what does the scripture um, convict us about that we need to confess? And I know I feel in um, the Anabaptist Brethren Christ um, denominations, I, I'm not sure we, we go to confession as often as certainly more the, the more liturgical um, denominations do. And, and I think that's a little bit of a lack. I think we could pick up on that more. Um, and then what, what principles does the scripture address that we should pray into our lives? You know, and, and then the fifth one is what petitions does the scripture suggest that we bring to God? And that's the more personal part of the prayer. So then I did this going through the Psalms. So those are the longer questions, but then my brief (laughs) notes are, so you read Psalm 1 and you're praising God. So I listed some things about Psalm 1 tells me I can praise God for it. So it's praising God and then thanking God for what he does, confessing to God, then following God, that was the principles of the thing, of the scripture that I can pray into my life, and then asking God. So, um, P- PTCFA, I think, <laughs> is the acronym. PTCFA. <laughs> so, you know, I, and I think you can do that for any piece mm-hmm. of scripture. You may not answer all of them for everyone, but I mean, I think you could take Jesus wept and even think of things you know like he's a caring god he wept he has he's an emotional god he experiences sorrow you know what i mean and then it's am i experiencing sorrow the way i should do i have holy sorrow you know so they they can just take you places that if you're not asking those types of questions you may not go um and a prince of my life well am i caring i should be caring for people help me to God help me to prayer to to cry for people, not you know, but or to care and to get involved or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I'm. I I find that really helpful sometimes, and it, it was almost to the point where I almost couldn't pray without scripture. Like <laughs> I was like, like you're saying, I'm in a blank room. Well, now what? I don't know yeah. what to do. Um, and I don't think you should get maybe to that point, but. Well, I think uh, yeah. Maybe to some degree. I, I feel like there's a spectrum of faith traditions where, you know, if you're from a more liturgical tradition, they're probably defaulting to, like, always using scripture and prayers. And historically, that's been a lot of what the church has done. Mm-hmm. I know I come out of a more non-denominational evangelical heritage where 
reading a written prayer is seen as sub-spiritual and wrong. You know, that the only real prayer is extemporaneous, make it up as you go prayer. Right. And for me, this 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 does both of that because I'm 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 working off a structure, but it's also in the moment. Um, so it's I'm enough of an evangelical-ish type person to want that spot. I'd really rather say I'm an Anabaptist, but <laughs> um, uh, you know enough of that that it's that the spontaneous thing too has has been more of a tradition um sure so it's it's both using a structure but to get you into a now situation of what you're praying yeah yeah as opposed to someone else's written prayer that i'm praying which i have nothing against (laughs) yeah and uh, on a different podcast i'd love to give a argue on the side of the written prayers because i think there can be something um Really, I think there can be something profound and, and disciplining for us mm-hmm. in devoting ourselves to just reading other people's prayers and reading other people's prayers like every day over the course of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, detoxing from like needing novelty all the time in our prayer life. On the other hand, to the point of what <laughs> we're talking about here today, um, embracing novelty, embracing exploration and fun. And I, I think what I'm hearing in this hopeful orb picture you're giving us of your, of your devotional life is, um, I think it's a testament to the creative God that we serve, the God who made that Cardinal, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and thousands of other kinds of birds, um, that you engage with God in, in uh, these in these different ways, and you're you're playful with it and fun. And you're writing mm-hmm. spaceship poetry, <laughs> and um, I would I would hope that it's inspiring to me, and I would hope it's inspiring to other people. Um, the creativity that you embrace in your pursuit of of our Creator, God. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. there are so many different birds. <laughs> There are. Just by the way. Just there are. Weird outro to this podcast. Um, I played a game, a board game called Wingspan about different birds, and there are thousands and thousands. Thousands. Yeah. Why did God make so many birds? Yeah. There's and something some of we can them really through. spectacular. Yeah. I mean, just incredible. So if if people are on that side of I mean, I believe in uh, living simply too, and it's a you know, basic brethren Christ core value. And I run into people who think think living simply means living drably or something, you know. And I'm like, no, you know, look at scripture, look at creation, you know, the tabernacle, you know, and all the jewels and all these things that they had on on tapestries and on priest vests and stuff like that, you know. Um, they were artisans, yeah, that created the tabernacle and the temple. You know? There's, there's lavishness and beauty and and fun in creation and in scripture to be found and to be had Mm -hmm. Um, Lois thank you (laughs) 